there are a lot of different definitions of belonging and components of belonging, but I, I really hold on to those. And uh, Dr. Strayhorn has that definition of students perceive social support on campus, a feeling or sensation of connectedness and the experience of mattering or feeling accepted, respected and valued by others on the campus. And so when we think about interventions and programs and policies, I think it's really good to tie it back to these because you can ask yourself, like, through this policy, through this intervention, will this support students? Will it, it support them in feeling like they matter and they're valued? The Digital to Learn podcast is dedicated to exploring both what's new and what's good in the use of technology in teaching and learning. Our mission is to have the best minds sitting in front of our microphones, sharing evidence-based strategies for digital teaching and learning. Digital to Learn is brought to you by the Center for Learning and Innovation at Indiana Wesleyan University. Thank you for joining us. And now, the Digital to Learn podcast. Welcome to the Digital to Learn podcast. I'm Tiffany Snyder, and I'm here with my co-host, Brad Garner. Hey, Brad. Hi, Tiffany. We are joined today by an expert in the sense of belonging in higher education, Dr. Nidia Redas Gracia. Dr. Nidia Redas Gracia is Assistant Professor, Educational Psychology, University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign, and an affiliate in the Center for Social and Behavioral Science. Her dissertation explored the association between sense of belonging and academic performance among FLI college students. Nidia has done extensive research on exploring sociocultural factors, like a sense of belonging, that impact the academic performance and psychological development of historically minoritized students. She is also interested in informing and developing culturally sustainable interventions for historically minoritized college students, specifically those who are first generation and low income. Please join us in welcoming to the Digital to Learn podcast, Dr. Nidia. It's great to have you here, Nidia. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the invitation. Sense of belonging is something that Brad and I love to talk about. Brad shares in your, in your passion on the topic. And when we came across your name and your research, we knew it was meant to be that you would, would join us on the podcast. So thanks for saying yes, first of all. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm just honored to be invited to the party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of party, I'm glad you see it that way because we start with some pretty light get to know you questions, a lot of fun. And the first one we want to ask you, what is the best excuse for being late that you've heard or used? All right, so I'm from Los Angeles. So the best excuse I think is that there's traffic. <laughs> 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 and it's if you say anything about it, you know, you're kind of mean, like, what are you going to say to someone to drive faster? Like, that's not safe. So I feel like it's the best excuse. It's, it doesn't really work now that I'm in Champaign, Illinois, and there's <laughs> virtually no traffic. So I'm it's still called tractor. For... You get to say tractors. Ah, okay, okay, okay. All right, I'm going to try that one. Because I'm still looking for one. And, you know, that one doesn't quite work in Champaign, Illinois. So. <laughs> okay, next question. If you could have a lifetime supply of anything, what would it be? Um, purple airheads. So I don't know if y'all know, but there are purple airheads. It's not in always all of the packages and they're not sold everywhere, but I worry about this often that they'll discontinue them. But I love purple airheads. <laughs> oh my goodness. It reminds me of like the Willy Wonka gold the golden yes. ticket, like you're going looking for the golden ticket. Is that what you do? Like go looking for the purple airheads? Oh. 
yes like i know i know yeah like i know which packs they're in and so i will go in and look specifically for that pack and then i recently found that i can order them in bulk online so i have i have done that a couple times but i worry that though please purple airheads do not be you're keeping them in in business right now yeah it's probably me Well, this next question we might already have the answer to, but what's the one item that you can't live without? Purple airheads. <laughs> <laughs> well, if this I had to, give, yeah, if I have, well, purple airheads for sure. But if I have to give another one, I think right now, unfortunately, my computer, um, mm-hmm. just traveling a lot and, and wanting to get work done, I, a computer and my charger, been able to write a lot and do this awesome research that I get to talk about now. So. Uh, yeah. I would say my computer probably <laughs> and purple airheads. Isn't it weird <laughs> when, when your computer goes on the fritz and you have to hand it over to IT for a period of time, oh, how lost you feel without it? I mean, you just kind of wander around. What am I going to do now? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I switch over to my iPad. I try to mm-hmm. put things that I can on the cloud and, and switch over to the iPad. But you're, yeah, I still feel almost want to sit there next to IT while they fix the computer you know some attachment that's what i do is there any other way <laughs> like you mean i'm supposed to go home while you take care of this <laughs> well the folks at ben and jerry's heard that we were going to have you on the podcast today and they agreed that you will have the ability to create their next new flavor what will it be purple airheads i'm just kidding <laughs> this is the best podcast ever <laughs> we have a theme here <laughs> no, no, okay, yeah. Um, well, I mean, if they could, then that that would be great. But I actually have been craving Jamaica. Have y'all had Jamaica before? Hmm. In English, it's the hibiscus flower, but in Mexico, they make a drink out of it, and it's really delicious. Huh. And so, I really love that drink. And I know that there are some Mexican stores that make popsicles out of it. So I know you can make a popsicle out of it, but maybe we can make ice cream out of it. Wow. How do you spell that? Jamaica, J-A-M-A-I-C-A. Wow. Amazing. It's delicious. We'll pass that along to them. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) If they can't do Jamaica, then they can just do purple airheads. All right. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Hmm. At the moment, I think I'd love the ability to clone myself so that I could be in yeah. multiple places at the same time. But I know that would be a disaster because then I'd try to do more things <laughs> in the day. So I think there's a strong reason why I we cannot clone ourselves because then I definitely take advantage <laughs> of that ability. Well, if someone were to look at your Vita, they would probably say that you've already cloned yourself. <laughs> you are that, such a productive researcher. Oh, thank you so much. And your focus on belonging is near and dear to our hearts. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the indicators of student belonging in college? Um, so I really like the upcoming research on this and Some of the indicators of student belonging in college include social support on campus. So experiencing that support for people like you and um, with your social identities 
and also um, a feeling of connectedness. So it's not just about getting the support you need, but feeling connected to either the campus as a whole or parts of it. And importantly, I think that it's also this feeling of being respected and valued by the group. And so there are a lot of different definitions of belonging and components of belonging, but I I really hold on to those. And uh, Dr. Strayhorn has that definition of students perceive social support on campus, a feeling or sensation of connectedness and the experience of mattering or feeling accepted, respected and valued by others on the campus. And so when we think about interventions and programs and policies, I think it's really good to tie it back to these because you can ask yourself, like, through this policy, through this intervention, will this support students? Will it, it support them in feeling like they matter and they're valued? And that can really help out in terms of creating these interventions and policies. So I would guess that there are a far greater number of students on campuses that don't feel this, that kind of go under the radar or... We assume they feel belonging when, when in fact they don't. Yeah, I think that there's definitely a lot of anecdotal evidence and, you know, you can walk around on campus and find this as well. There's just such a diverse array of college students. There's so many ways to be a college student. And we tend to think of the college student as a, a typical college student. Maybe it's a student who lives on campus, who came straight out of high school. But there's so many different ways to be a college student. And the more, I feel like the more ways that you deviate from that notion or that typical picture of a college student, the less resources are for you, the less understanding there is of your experience, which is not the wrong experience. It's just a different experience of being a college student. So yeah, there's there's so many different ways of being a college student, which is a beautiful thing. But one of the cons is that universities and institutions have a hard time, I think, understanding that wide array of college students. And I'm, I'm guessing that most college students go through phases of the level at which they feel belonging. There'll be moments where they don't feel like they fit in or they shouldn't be there. But I also wonder if they look at the students who are actively in the center of that belonging idea, they look at them and think, how do they do that? What? How do you get to be like that and aspire to be those people who belong? Yeah, that's. did you read my latest article? <laughs> I was going <laughs> to talk about it later. <laughs> but yeah, I think a couple of things, you know, a sense of belonging can change over time. And it makes sense when we think about sense of belonging. A lot of studies actually study it at one point in time. So we have a little less of an understanding of that kind of belonging roller coaster, or maybe it's more stable. And the other thing I think that you brought up is, you know, we, we want to look at those positive cases, right, where students do feel a strong sense of belonging and see like, okay, what did they do to create that? And I think that's the key part here, where I feel like developing a sense of belonging is a collectivistic kind of task. It's the onus is not only on the student to develop this sense of belonging for themselves, but the people around the student, uh, because the student can try as hard as possible to feel a sense of belonging. But if the people in that setting, so the faculty, the peers, the student affairs, staff, 
if they're not receiving that student well or attuned to their needs, then it doesn't matter how hard you try, right? So it's definitely a relationship building type of phenomenon, I think. When I hear a sense of belonging, I'm tempted to think of a feeling, like a feeling I have of I either belong or I don't belong or I'm somewhere in between. Is it a feeling? And kind of based on how you respond to that, how do you measure the sense of belonging for a college student? Oh, man. So I think about this often. Um, I think it is a feeling. But sometimes when we talk about feelings or perceptions, we might kind of minimize the actual real experience of it. Right. And so I think it's definitely a perception of feeling, but not to kind of minimize how influential sense of belonging is and how much of an impact it can have on mental health. And some students will say, no, I don't feel like I don't belong. I don't belong. Right. I actually actually don't belong here. And so I this this is something I'm, I'm currently working on and thinking through how to really capture that phenomenon in that way where it, it is a feeling in the sense uh, in a perception but it's very strong motivator and it's a strong predictor of very important things like mental health Absolutely. and so i yeah yeah and ways to measure so there are quite a few measures of sense of belonging some of them have like 16 questions some of them have 10 and so it also depends on what I guess your question is as well. So we have some of the articles that I've published actually take a, I have a psychometric hobby. So, you know, I think in a, (laughs) maybe my superpower could have been to be a psychometrician, but I I have psychometric friends and I keep psychometrics kind of in some of my papers. So we do factor analyses and we test the generalizability of sense of belonging measures. And we found that they work well and they can give us different information depending on the different types of students. And so we give some recommendations on some of our papers. So there is sense of social and academic fit, which is a scale developed by Drs. Walton and Cohen um, up at Stanford. And, you know, I was familiar with it because that's where I got my PhD. So I, I worked with Dr. Cohen and I really liked that measure. And that one's specific to undergraduates and university belonging. But there are also others. So uh, Dr. Goodnow has the PSSM, Psychological Sense of School Membership. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, that wow. one's been around That one's been around for a while. And it was originally created for K-12, but it has been used also in university settings. And that also measures sense of belonging. A lot of the measures are quantitative in, in nature. So, you know, you read through questions and kind of fill out Likert scale, how much you agree with each of these statements. There are less qualitative ones, but I think, I think that would be pretty cool. I don't know. I'll put that on my to-do list. Um, <laughs> I think it'd be nice to find a qualitative measure of sense of belonging mm-hmm. because there, there's so much to it. It's such a rich and dense phenomenon, but yeah, if you're looking for some, some practical kind of scales and measures that you can use, I would recommend looking at a lot of them, um, but I've specifically uh, looked at those too. Wonderful. Thank you. And do you find that institutions, colleges and universities have an expressed value on belonging and making sure that students belong in that culture? Hmm. So I think they'd be mean if they said no. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I think, you know, I think we'd have a problem if a, if a university said, nah, we don't really, we don't really care about helping our students fit in. And it's also very helpful, you know, fostering a sense of belonging retains students. It maintains their pride in their university. They become very active alumni. They go on and do great things and really represent the university well. So, so it is, I think a, a great thing to support belonging. Um, but like I said, it's such a rich concept and there are so many ways to go about it that it can sometimes feel overwhelming. There has to be a lot of behind the scenes work to really think about who are our students? What social identities do they embody? What experience are they having on campus? And how can we best support them? How can we best foster that sense of belonging? on our campus. It takes a lot of legwork. So if any student affairs listeners are listening into this podcast and need some funding, they can just, you know, show this podcast and say, <laughs> Dr. Yes. Vasquez said, give them more money because it's very important for retention, yeah. but it takes a lot of work. It's not, you know, you can't just kind of drop something in at a university and expect major gains. I think it takes a lot of legwork and hats off to student affairs and faculty who are really putting in a lot of work to support that. Anybody who's listening who heard that, go get some funding, but by, by, we get, get 10%, just so you know. Ruth, we're yeah. Of that. Oh, we hate to do it, but we're going to pause here and be back next week to continue our conversation with Dr. Nidia. Join us then. And also in the meantime, please like and share our podcast. We'll see you next week on Digital to Learn. Thank you for joining us on Digital to Learn. If you enjoyed this podcast, there are three things we ask you to do. One, come back and join us again. Two, tell your friends about us. And three, give us a positive ranking on your favorite podcast platform. Digital to Learn is brought to you by the Center for Learning and Innovation at Indiana Wesleyan University. Embrace the future. Always keep learning.